0: Okay. <laughs> Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, July 1st, 2020. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Matt Baxendale. Bax, we're going to get into Ohio State's projected depth chart on both sides of the ball later in the show, but I want to start off talking about Kyle McCord. It continues to be very easy to see why Ryan Day handpicked him over a year ago, I mean, he had kind of had his choice between J.J. McCarthy, Kyle McCord, and probably some others. And at the time, Kyle McCord wasn't even ranked nearly as high as he is now, and the Buckeyes landed him. Well, for those that don't know, Kyle McCord is at the Elite 11 quarterback camp right now, and he is showing out and then some. He won the Pro Day competition last night. Again, man, no surprise, but Kyle McCord just uh, continues to look great out there, backs. I know it's a camp. I know it's not real football. I, I always say, listen, it's easy to – play quarterback we don't have to worry about someone taking your head off but when you're around all these other elite quarterbacks and you're the best of the bunch that says something to me
1: yeah I mean you know we always use the Shane Morris example as to be wary of what kids look like playing football in shorts but Kyle McCord could easily fit into that discussion we had last week where you know we don't talk enough about him because we really don't you know he's the number three uh, pro style quarterback in the country Uh, I think that that number is going to change at some point here uh, to Ryan Day, he's clearly the number one pro-style quarterback in the country considering the when he took him, I mean, uh, and he took him ahead of J.J. McCarthy, who 24-7's composite has as one spot ahead of him in the rankings. So if you're really into exact ranking numbers, Kyle McCord's a kid who maybe even better than his five-star number that he already has. Um, you know, he's, he's one of the early commitments. He's one of those kids you build the class around. How many times have we seen historically you build a class around a quarterback, Right. Well, Kyle Accord might be that quarterback. Right now, he's got everything that you would want in a quarterback prospect. And he went to the Elite 11, and much like CJ Stroud last year, went out and was the best quarterback. So that says a lot about it. I think he scored about a 45 out of 60 in his mock pro day, which is just an excellent, especially for this age. So, you know, I have to think that uh, we're in position to see a kid who is going to be a really special player at Ohio State. And All those kids who are committing to Ohio State right now, they haven't forgotten about who exactly uh, Kyle McCord is, to say the least.
0: No question about it. And as promised, let's get into the projected depth chart for the Buckeyes this year on both sides of the ball. I did a piece Monday looking at the offense. I did a piece yesterday looking at the defense. Let's start with the offense. Max, as you look through my projected depth chart, what stands out the most to you? Maybe what are some of the most
1: interesting position battles that you foresee? So, offensively, there's a couple I think that – I think we're all going to be very interested to see. Uh, but the first thing I thought was interesting is that you had Gunnar Hoke as the backup quarterback instead of C.J. Stroud. And, uh, and I've predicted C.J.
0: Stroud as the backup, so I'm going against my own prediction there. I know. Yeah, I was going to say, it, Dave, it, come on, it, be give it, consistent. Give <laughs> it to me. I, it was the three – I thought about it. it. was the three days of spring practice. I'm thinking, Coke's a fifth-year senior. He knows the offense well, even though he didn't play, even though Chugginghoff beat him out last year. He got to sit around and learn the offense, a lot like Chugs did the year before. And I think if uh, now, by the end of the season, I think C.J. Stroud will be the best option if Justin Fields gets hurt. But to begin the season, I do think Gunner Hoke will be the backup. All right, give it to me, backs. I, I deserve it. I deserve it. Give it to me.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, come on, C.J. Stroud's the kid who was a top 50 player, one of the top quarterbacks in the country. He's the kid that you and I have both said before that we think is going to be the one to step in and be the backup this year. Uh, his ceiling compared to Gunner Hoke's is, is significantly different. Uh, I C.J. Stroud should be listed as the backup, in my opinion. And I'm not convinced Gunner Hoke isn't going to be getting more than just here. You're you're a 50-year guy, minutes. I mean, Gunner transferred to Ohio State to be closer to home, to be closer to uh, Dublin. He didn't transfer here because he thought he was going to play a lot. He would have stayed at Kentucky if that's what he was going to do. So, yeah, that's that was one that immediately stood out to me. Um, the other one that catches my eye, to say the least, is that you get Jalen Harris listed as the X starter. Uh, I know that we've been we've been hot to trot for him from some of the boarding house news and hearing that he's really preparing himself but uh you really think he's gonna start over Gee Scott or jackson smith jigba i think he'll start over Gee scott since Gee scott's not on the team
0: g scott um remember guys it's very easy it's he, the letter g well here's the thing i think all those guys first of all chris Olave and garrett wilson are going to play a ton they're going to get the most catches most you know most yards most touchdowns of any of the receivers those two are going to be the stars of the wide receiver room we know that then I think a lot of those other guys are going to share the wealth Jalen Harris is a senior I've been told that he's kind of turned the corner and it it just depends on do you think Jalen Harris can fend off these true freshmen now I think at least three of the true freshmen are going to play a lot Julian Fleming G Scott and Jackson Smith and Jigba but it's kind of semantics to me I had to put somebody in there I went with the senior and but I think all those guys are going to play
1: Okay. One other thing, too, which is just this is more of an observation versus uh, anything else. Remember when the Ohio State signed Enoch Fumahi and they were talking about how, uh, you know, he was going to be here for a year and then he was going to go on a mission for a couple of years and we wouldn't see him? Yet here he is still on the uh, depth chart. So I guess, uh, I guess that that got postponed for his opportunity to play college football. That's so. right.
0: Yeah. he He decided to put that on hold. Yep.
1: Yep, and that that's a good thing because I remember when we signed him. I remember thinking, man, that would really be a, lot, a waste of a year for him to not just do it right away if he came here and started building all this muscle and getting moving forward. And it seems like uh, seems like he agreed. So yeah, that 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 was just that's not that's not anything to do with where you have him on the depth chart. It just made me think, oh yeah, I'm glad we still have him here because I think he's a pretty good player. <laughs> so by the way, the other th- the comment. Our backup offensive line is actually quite decent this year. I remember all those years we had where, like, if you had one guy who was a backup that you felt decent about even being on the field, you were, like, relieved. Now we've got, like, a whole decent second unit. I mean, between DeWan Jones and Paris Johnson, we met are the best backup tackles in the country. So talk about changing times, huh? No question
0: about it. That's what I love about this O-line. It's going to be – their best offensive line, Ohio State's best offensive line since at least 2013. That offensive line had four future NFL players on it, plus Marcus Hall, double-barrel Marcus Hall, who didn't play in the NFL but was still a good right tackle as a senior. And then when he couldn't play – in the Big Ten championship game, they had redshirt freshman Pat Elfline out there, another future NFL guy. So that 2013 offensive line was excellent. I think this year's might be even better than that line. They had Jack Muhort. They had Corey Linsley, you know, They had Andrew Norwell, who somehow wasn't drafted and now is one of the highest paid linemen in NFL history. Um, on and on and on with uh, how great that 2013 offensive line was obviously Taylor Decker was on that offensive line had a bad first game but he was playing against Khalil Mack and then after that as a sophomore Taylor Decker was really good eventually worked his way into being a first round pick so it's going to be tough for them to be better than 2013 but it's going to be at least the best since then all right let's move on to the defense I promise I won't get defensive this time pun intended if you uh ridicule my picks let's look at the my projected depth chart on defense what stands out the most to you
1: I don't understand well how the heck do you think Sean Wade's gonna start no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I think the thing that I think is most interesting is is that you've listed Kevon Pope as the starting will. Uh, not that I don't necessarily disagree, but that's a big step to sed- say essentially say that Baron Browning isn't going to start. There's got to be some sort of strategizing going on behind the scenes there, Mr. Biddle.
0: Yes, there is. I'm glad you asked about that. I think Baron Browning is going to be – you know, like a lot of times when a defensive back moves around, we just call him a rover back. He's going to be that version of a linebacker slash defensive end, in my opinion. Last year, as we know, Bar- Baron Browning basically sp- split snaps with Tuff Borland in the middle. I think Baron Browning's more of an outside backer than a middle backer. So I think he's going to play some outside. I think he can play both outside spots, the Will and the Sam. I think they're going to use him as a rush end, too, backs so I think he's going to be in that rushman package. He's not going to be a three-down defensive end or anything, anything like that. But – You know, on passing downs, even on second downs sometimes, I think they're going to move him down uh, to a defensive end role. So I look for Baron Browning to move around a lot. And I thought Kayvon Pope looked good as Malik Harrison's backup last year. So I'm going with Pope there. But I do think Browning is going to be a huge part of this defense. But I think he's going to move around a lot, different linebacker spots and D-end.
1: Yeah, that's the thing with with Baron Browning is, is the times he's always, you know, popped to me on the field is whenever he's running downhill ready to kill a quarterback. He's never looked super comfortable like as, as, as your classic linebacker. Clear skill set is to, to be the guy who goes downhill and attacks the quarterback. I mean, that's where he looks like a five-star. So hopefully OSU uses him that way. Um, I, I think that'll be very interesting to see how that pans out because I agree that's how they should use him. I just worry that's wistful thinking on our part, what the staff's actually going to do.
0: Very possible. It wouldn't be the first time that we had a suggestion that the staff ignored us, and the staff's probably right, whatever they're going to. They they kind of know more about football than we do, shockingly. Um, Okay, let's look at the safeties. That's an interesting one for me. I put Marcus Hooker or Josh Proctor. This is assuming they're going to go with the single high safety again in the three starting corners. I tend to think Kerry Combs is going to mix it up a little more. We'll see some of the traditional... Two safeties in there, the free safety, the strong safety. But the depth is not good at safety. The experience is not good. So, you know, maybe they will stick with the, the three corners as the starter and just one safety. And that's what Ryan Day wants to be a base defense like it was last year. But I look at safety. Marcus Hooker, this is what I've been told back. So, this was early in spring. They only got in those three spring practices that Marcus Hooker was the leader in the clubhouse, so to speak, because he's doing what the coaches want. He really came on as a redshirt freshman last year. But they also say Josh Proctor might be the most talented of all the safeties. He's just, you know, inconsistency is his issue. Maybe not doing the right things at practice, things like that. But when the lights come on, I mean, that kid can play. Just ask, ask Jack Cohn from Wisconsin. Um, but I think that's going to be a really good battle there, Hooker versus Proctor. How do you think that's going to pan out?
1: Well, the one I want to see on the field is Proctor because I think he has the most talent. But if he's not going to be, you know, there with the mental game then if, as a safety, the one who, you know, has to be in position to make sure that the a, a play that gets through the first two levels doesn't go for a touchdown. You know, you got to have your mental game right. Um, I, I'm interested to see how this pans out because obviously Marcus is Marcus Hooker's older brother had the single greatest season in modern era for an Ohio state safety. Uh, that, that 2016 season from Malik Hooker stands out as just unbelievable we've never seen a safety have that kind of tracking ability is like the center fielder on interceptions um i'm also really interested to see what happens with ronnie hickman because this is a kid who was a big time kid when he got to ohio state but he was recovering from a knee injury last year so this is really the first time through we're going to see him fully healthy and i see you have him listed as a backup so i know he intrigues you as well certainly ahead of the young freshmen that are already coming in but I'm also really interested to see how they deploy their, their safeties because we're, we're going on the assumption here that we're sticking with one high safety, but it's a lot easier to do that sort of system. Whenever you can run out multiple first round picks at cornerback at cornerback, like Sean Wade is going to end up being the third first round pick that Ohio state had on the field last year in their defensive backfield. So of course you're going to play those three guys as much as you can. Right. Right. And, of course, you're only going to need one safety because you have such better coverage than most people. Are we so sure that they're going to keep that system with Wade being the only one of those guys right now that I can tell you I feel is certainly a first-round pick? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Kerry Combs, has he ever really played one high safety? I don't really think so. If you look at what he did at OSU and what he did with the Titans, there's not a ton of that one high safety. So it wouldn't surprise me if Bryson Shaw and Sean, Ronnie Hickman were in the discussion to be starters, not just you know backups behind – the the two guys fighting for that one role so safety is certainly where there's the most flux let's put it that way
0: yeah and I'm with you on Hickman I am very intrigued by him if he can stay healthy I mean he's a baller he his junior film in high school um was really good looks like he could be like a it was so good looked like he could have been a five-star safety he was a high four-star anyway then of course missed his senior year uh with an injury and then redshirted last year to Ohio State and still had some lingering uh injury issues he's Healthy now, if he can stay healthy, Ronnie Hickman could be a guy that we're going to be talking a lot more about here on the Bucknuts Morning 5. All right, last topic on this edition of the Bucknuts Morning 5. I think you already know how I feel about this, backs. The listeners, if they listen to Monday's show, they know how I feel about this. So I'm just going to let you opine on the idea of playing this coming college football season, which should be the 2020 college football season, moving it to late winter. Early spring, that continues to be floated as an idea. Bax, what are your thoughts on that idea?
1: Stupid. It's absolutely stupid. There's no way you're going to do that because any kid who's going to be in line to be an NFL draft pick in April is not going to be playing in February. The risk is not worth the reward after spending that much time off. You want to see Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields sit out a season? That's how you do it because neither one of them has any incentive to play. So you're going to have a watered down version of college football at best. And by the way, do you know how miserable it would be to play college football in Ohio in February when it's 34 degrees every week? It's one thing for it to be cold a couple weeks at the end of the season. One of the fun parts of football is the whole temperature variability that happens over the course of the year. But even the NFL's not playing in mid February outdoors. So, yeah, it's stupid, and that, that doesn't even get into the whole discussion of you have kids who are essentially supposed to be moving out on from the school, overlapping with recruits that are coming into the school, and it screws up the whole logistics of your scholarship numbers with the season set that way. It, 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 there's so much stuff that this messes up that there's no way they do that. We either have football in the fall. We don't have football till 2021. And again, I don't understand why people think that in the middle of flu season, it's going to be a better time to have football because of coronavirus concerns versus in the fall or in the late summer, whenever the, 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 the weather is certainly much more inclined to be helpful in terms of slowing down the severity of things like flu and coronavirus. So, yeah, end of the day, there's zero reason to have football during that time of year. Zero have the games this fall like we're supposed to
0: you are correct sir great stuff as always from matt Baxendale. and Dell. really appreciate it Bax, and thank you to our listeners out there for tuning to the show i appreciate that as well hope everyone has a great day there's a buckeye swag best damn band in the land Bye.